Then there were two position previews left. Welcome to Tight End Thursday on the podcast daily. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. And inside, uh, well inside a week now, Bill, until we get to get back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, see the Buckeyes working. And if you're like me, you're going to be watching nothing but tight end play. <laughs> Turns out I'm not like you. Ah, uh, I, <laughs> come on. I know I'll watch them. It's an interesting position. Like there's not, there are not a lot of position battles across this roster, um, especially on the defensive side, but even on offense, like we're, we're looking at the right side of the offensive line. We're trying to figure out receiver. Um, but tight end is like feels of all the position battles, maybe like the most wide open. And, you know, biggest shoes to fill, too, with with Kate Stover now out of the program. Productive receiver, um, the leader of the room, I th- think probably the leader of the offense, if not the, you know, the team. Um, and you got to replace all of that with a room that, aside from G. Scott Jr., does not have a whole heck of a lot of experience playing football for the Ohio State Buckeyes. So it's a fascinating fascinating position group. It's, it's a tough spot for Keenan Bailey in year two to enter into. They have talent, but as you said, Bill, like there's 12 total catches on this group. Ten of them are G. Scott, two are um, Jelani Thurman, and that's it. Even, I mean, you lose Patrick Gerd from the room. You do get back Bennett Christian after his Patrick Gerd's back. Is Patrick Gerd back? He's working out. So oh. he's either he really, really, really loves working out or he's back this spring. <laughs> oh, well, then I guess, <laughs> correct. Let me. Uh, let me correct myself. There are 13 returning catches <laughs> to the room. But Big you, boost there. You do get uh, Bennett Christian back. Uh, you, obviously, Joe Royer is a guy that I think you looked ahead and thought Joe Royer is going to be the guy heading into this season, and now he's at Cincinnati. Um, Sam Hart leaving the program. So it is a weird room. Obviously, the guy that we've penciled in as the starter, I think, is Will Kazmarek, the tra- Ohio transfer. So you know what you're, you you kind of get a, a Cade Stover ish vibe from him and and that sort of uh, gritty style of play and a guy that you expect to excel as a blocker but you don't know what you're going to get in the passing game um, and I think that it's probably the right year for this team to to have the question marks as far as pass catching goes from tight end because you have what you expect to be the best backfield in the country with Trayvon Henderson. Um, and Quinshawn Judkins. And so what you really need this year is Will Kazmarek to be a dynamic blocker uh, more than you need that you know true receiving threat there. But clearly the Ohio State offense under Ryan Day has been better when you have the threat of the tight end uh, being a, a pass catcher. Will Kazmarek has done some of that. I mean, he, he had over 20 catches for Ohio last year. Um, he's been in the end zone. He's shown that he can be a threat down there in the red zone. I... I Ohio's offense is certainly not built the exact same way as Ohio State's, and we've certainly seen the Buckeyes in the past not throwing it a ton to the tight end. So this could be, in some ways, a return to form for that. But I I do continue to believe that, like many people, your offense is going to be more dangerous when you can attack the middle of the field and use your tight ends. And Cade Stover was a great reminder of that the last couple of years um, in you look at Jeremy Ruckert when he was playing at his highest level, what that does when you have to defend the entirety of the field and especially over the middle, it's not easy. And we've seen other teams take advantage of Ohio State's defense by using the tight ends to great effect. So that I think you can't just say, well, they're going to go back to being pure blockers and that's going to work. Like I think Will Kazmierich has to take on pretty much the exact workload that Cade Stover had before. That's not easy. And we're going to be watching on Tuesday his first practice you know, on the field 
with the Buckeyes and competing against a high-level Ohio State defense on a play-in, play-out basis. So I am really intrigued to see what that looks like. I, I, I don't. When I look at this bill, like, I, I wonder how much of a competition there really is because I think the Buckeyes brought Kazmarek in for a reason. You have G. Scott with, you know, four years of, I don't know, banked credibility, sweat equity, whatever you want to put it, and a couple years now of transitioning over to play tight end. And Jelani Thurman now into year two where there's been a lot of investment in his growth and development, and you see the physicality for him. It, it feels like those three are just going to play a lot, and it might be a, a combination of you know two at a time, but you know I, I don't know. I don't feel like Bennett Christian's going to jump in there and, and play a ton, but maybe I'm underselling that after a year on the sideline. It just the exact number of snaps may be up for grabs yeah. to your point, but like those are the guys that are going <clears> to <throat> do it. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think it's those three, and we'll see about <clears throat> Bennett Christian. It is when I was initially serving there, it was like, oh, they only have four guys, but I guess they only really want five on the roster. So if you have four scholarship guys and you have Patrick Gerd, who played like 50 snaps last year, then, then I think the room is okay this spring. Um, it'll it'll come down to those three you mentioned, but I don't know. <clears throat> I don't look at any one of the three and say, like, that guy's definitely a number one tight end. Um, certainly the upside's there. Definitely for Jelani Thurman. Will Kasmarek came here because he thought he had the chance to be the number one tight end at Ohio State. And G. Scott's been working toward that. Now, there, now there's a, a vacancy there with, with Cade Stover out. So, And it seems like he's maybe making the most of the offseason, too. I know Ohio State's been tweeting out these like dude of the week stuff during um, winter workouts. And uh, G. Scott was one the other day. So that was good to see because um, he's the guy that has to ha- has to set the tone in that room. Um, Will Kasmarek's an older player, too, but I think it's hard as a transfer to – kind of really take those reins early on. Um, so it's got to be G at the moment. Um, maybe it's more of like a three-man even rotation than we've than we've seen recently. That that could be the, the way this ends. But the, yeah, the reason that I said or, or mentioned the competition is just because like I don't, I don't look at any of them and say like, oh yeah, that guy's definitely going to be the number one tight end. Like I, I can make an assumption, like Berm said, like, like maybe it is Will because they, they brought him in for a reason. But um, I don't know that I'd be shocked if it was any of those, maybe I'd be shocked if it was Jelani Thurman, um, just because he's so young. But if, if any of those three playing the most or the majority of the tight end snaps, yeah, I mean it's it's clear when you look at this group that there should be one area where every guy has an, a leg up on the others that he's competing against. But none of them are what you would consider a complete tight end or, or a guy who's ready to be the man for Ohio State. Kazmarek is probably closest because he's been put in a position at OU where he's had to handle the role of pass catcher and blocker. But if you look at Jelani Thurman, the, the inability to, um, you know, he, he didn't really take the, the step that people thought he was going to take at the end of last season. He started to get into some games and made his catches, and, and maybe that spurred him this offseason. We'll find out. Bennett Christian obviously missing the entire year because of uh, the the PED issue, and we'll see if he's. I talked to him at the Cotton Bowl, and he said he was extremely excited to get back to work, and that he felt like he learned a ton uh, during the the last season. But Bennett was never a guy coming out of high school that you were counting on as a as a twenty or thirty pass, you know, thirty reception guy. He's a six foot five, two hundred and sixty pounder like Jelani Thurman is, and then you have G, who's that H back six three two forty type that. Um, despite the fact that he spent a lot of time getting bigger and stronger, still isn't like excelling as an inline blocker. So uh, it, it comes with the wide receiver background. So all these guys have different skill sets, and 
I think it's going to be a, a, a mismatch, uh, you know, a mismatch, a mishmash, mishmush, mushmush, mishmash. Uh, it's monster mash. Monster mash. <laughs> going to be a monster. That monster mash actually is probably more appropriate because I think they're going to just Frankenstein the hell out of the title <clears throat> this year. Oh wow! Look at that. Who? who oh, bro, bro Look at him. Wow. <laughs> what? What happened? You don't even want. You don't want to take a victory lap for that segue there. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, I think that's basically how this is going to work. You're just going to figure out how do we put all these pieces together, uh, and, and it's probably going to be series to series and or, or game plan specific for each team they play against. So that makes Keenan Bailey Doctor Frankenstein. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is. It is a really fascinating dyna- dynamic and a big challenge here for Keenan Bailey when you're talking about those things that you mentioned there, Burn, because like you could. G. Scott is surely ahead of Jelani Thurman in terms of ball skills and pass catching ability, but he's not probably ever going to have the same physical presence that Jelani Thurman already has going into his second year. Yeah, of course. And you're not allowed to play on stilts as a, it's a rule. Um, Kazmarek has more experience as a, you know, leading tight end, but that's at a different level than Ohio state plays at. What's the trend? What's the jump in competition going to look like for him as he goes from, you know, Mac football to week in, week out in the Big Ten. I don't know. Could be seamless. Uh, I know Bill and I, when we talked to him, uh, who was that? Gosh, six weeks ago or so, when we got to talk to the transfers, or maybe a month. I, at the time is uh, a flat circle, but that's right. We were really impressed by his mentality and some of the stuff that uh, has been shown on film during his time at Ohio and the way he carried himself. Like, really resonated. Like, you could you could talk yourself into him making a smooth jump from one level to the next, but you don't really know. And Bennett Christian hasn't played football in a year, at least, you know, competitively and, and physic and with the PED suspension. So not in a game situation for sure. So all of that stuff leaves tons of opportunity. And, but I, I don't know that any of the three of us, maybe I'm wrong. feel like there's not enough talent for Keenan Bailey to work with there. <clears throat> no, I, I, I like the room. Um, I, I wish there were, like, I think that Will Kaczmarek showed up and was immediately the best blocker in the room. Um, I wish there was more of a sure thing in there because I think in terms of blocking aside from him, because I think that's what Ohio State needs most. Like, you're right, Austin, they're not going to suddenly just stop throwing to the balls at the tight end at all. But I also don't think that position is going to get 60 targets like it got when when Kate Stover was there. Um, mm-hmm. clearly you still need to be some kind of receiving threat or else teams just aren't going to guard you. Um, but the blocking is the thing that this offense needs the most. It's the thing that they've been, I think, in my opinion, deficient at the last couple of years. Um, and it needs to greatly improve, especially I, I think in a world where they're going to want to want to run the ball a little bit more maybe than they have the last couple of years. Um, and I think will is a great addition for that. And I think I need to see more from G to to believe that he can be reliable there. Um, Jelani's a little bit of an unknown and that's what makes Bennett Christian at least interesting to me. Like, yes, he's not played in a year. We sort of have no idea what that's going to look like at the college level because we haven't seen it yet, but we at least know that that's was like his calling card coming out of high school. And like his high school tape as a blocker is, is good. We're a couple of years removed from that now. So maybe that's not so valuable, but, but I, I do think that gives him, some chance of making a move this this offseason um i i don't know maybe i'm just trying to foster something else interesting out of, out of this group but um 
I, I really do think that the emphasis is going to be on improving, <clears throat> improving the run blocking from this position. And I hope that the addition of a guy like Will Kasmeri can like sort of up everybody's game. But I, it's, it's making me not necessarily like want to write off Bennett Christian either because I, I think it's possible that he's maybe is the second best blocker in that room. Now, I feel comfortable saying that he's the second best blocker in that room, uh, even without playing a year ago. What you do have though with Kasmeri, with Jelani, with Bennett. And even Gerd, uh, since he is returning, apparently, who I don't know I, I, how I missed that. <laughs> you have I spent I spent way too much time trying to figure out if he was coming back when I wrote the tight end preview on Firm, you were, you weren't spending a ton of time counting up the walk-ons who were back in the program. I wasn't, um, <laughs> but you have now four guys who were in that six four and a half, six five, or or taller range who are all two hundred fifty pounds plus. Like that's a significant change roster wise from what it looked like two years ago. Uh, so you should at least physiologically have an improvement when it comes to blocking. Now, are those guys going to be better technically? Or are they going to be able to be more consistent with it? That's the key. But that is, as, as Bill said, that's what Bennett Christian was in high school. He basically played in a wing T uh, offense where he was the only passing threat that they had and they would just run him down the middle of the field and he'd just be a jump ball because he was six, six. So. Uh, that's what you get with Bennett. And, you know, I think it does open the door for G to be pretty uniquely used for Ohio State. Um, and if you get into the red zone situation, maybe you don't feel quite as comfortable with Brandon Ennis or Jeremiah Smith down in the red zone. G becomes a pretty valuable option down there, I think, because of his ability to to play in the middle of the field. So um, I like the the room. I just think that it's lacking what you would you know, hope for heading into a pretty important season, which is like a sure thing and someone that you can just know is your guy. And, and, and it's unfortunate for Ohio state that it's worked out that way because again, Joe Royer, I think would have been the natural choice for that. Had he been able to, um, you know, stay on top of things with his health and everything that he's gone through in the last two years. So just a bad break. I mean, this is where you wish that Ohio state could have been like, Hey, Luke Lachey, are you sure you don't want to come to Ohio? Because it's what do you mean? Like, you what do you mean? You wish they could? I think it would have been pretty easy to do that. <laughs> I I don't think it was. I don't think if Ohio State would have tried to bring Luke Lachey into Ohio State this offseason, I think they would have. I I don't know if they did or I I don't think they did. But uh, I think they. I don't think it would have been as easy as just like he's definitely coming here. That the brotherhood at Iowa is, is like this. What if they would have brought Luke Lachey in? I don't know out of high school. That would have, that oh. would have been cool too. You know, it, it's, it makes you wonder why you go back to that class of 2020 and Ohio State for years was having conversations about should we sign two tight ends, should we sign two tight ends, and maybe you should just do that every year at this point. You don't think that it was ever mentioned to the co-host of the Ryan Day I'm Roosters sure Coaches Show. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I All keels. I don't know that they made, like, strong, strong overtures to make it happen. But I do think, especially coming off of the season that Luke had last year where he got hurt and Cade McNamara got hurt and Eric all got hurt, I think it would have been a harder pull than we would have imagined based on how last year went for, for him at Iowa. That's all. Yeah, I, I certainly think that the injury has to play some part of that for Luke Lachey, but there's nothing. Well, actually, there is something that can still be done about that because guess what? <laughs> there's another transfer portal window <laughs> that opens in like, Seven weeks. So New York's hottest club is the transfer portal. <laughs> Hop, 
if the message hasn't been delivered yet, it still can be. Uh, Bill, what is reasonable or rational to expect from Jelani Thurman in year two? And how many practices will it be before we have a snap judgment episode where we just go bonkers for his athleticism? I think that snap judgments episode will happen after the first full practice we get to watch. I don't know if that'll be day one or not, um, but I'm anticipating we get to watch a few of them like we did last year. And whenever that first one is, I think will be Jelani Thurman uh, heavy. I, what's reasonable? I, I I don't know. There's not there's not a whole lot of track record or, not a, or a, a long track record of um, second year guys playing really meaningful snaps at, at the tight end position. Jeremy Ruckert did it, but Jeremy Ruckert also played significantly more as a true freshman than Jelani Thurman did. I think Ruckert played like 150-ish snaps maybe as a true freshman, and Jelani Thurman I think played 24 on offense and six on special teams last year. Um, so it's not quite the same thing. So, But also, you know, I don't know if there's been a tight end walking through the door that looks like Jelani Thurman over the last few years either. So maybe he's the guy that can kind of break that mold a little bit. Um, I, I hope it's an uptick. Like I, I want to see him play. It's it's a similar conversation, I guess, to what we were having about the receivers. It's like Ohio State, I think, is hesitant to play really anyone anywhere until they show they can handle the entirety of, of the job description. And, and the job description for tight end probably has <clears throat> the most on his plate outside of quarterback on offense with all the things they have to do. Um, and that's a lot for a second-year guy to handle. So maybe they slow play it some more. We see a slight uptick, but but nothing nothing too crazy. And he's like very clearly the third tight end. Um, I am on record uh, predicting on Kings of Columbus that Jelani is going to play 400 snaps this year, which would be Jeremy Rucker territory as a, as a sophomore. Uh, but I'm often wrong about these things, so I don't want to get people too <laughs> excited about that. But uh, but I I'm allowing myself to go there this off season in the spring and and getting hyped up about what Jelani could be. He had, he had two catches in five games as a true freshman. If if you get to double-digit catches and you play 300 snaps this year, I think that's a successful sophomore campaign, right? Like that, that yeah. feels reasonable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's realistic. I mean, again, a lot of this is just going to be on, on Jelani. How, how good do you want to be? Like this is a player who has a higher skill set than pretty much any tight end that Ohio State has brought in in the last decade, other than Jeremy Ruckert, probably, as far as the ceiling goes, what he can be. Um, and Jeremy had to get a lot of work done on becoming a blocker as well, but he also wasn't, um, you know, he was six foot five, 220 pounds when he got to Ohio State, not six foot five, 255 like Jelani. So Jelani has the, the built in parts needed and uh, to, to be that guy. It's just about how, how hard do you want to go? I mean, if if you look at him from when he arrived on campus last year to looking at him at the end of the season, uh, there were a lot of other guys who had a much more obvious physical transformation than Jelani did. And I think that's a part of the, the issue with him. Like, how hard are you willing to go? Uh, how, how uncomfortable are you willing to make yourself? Uh, and if he wants to be great, he's going to be great. And so now it's just about, is he ready to take that step? And uh, you would think that bringing in someone like Will Kazmarek from Ohio would maybe light a fire under him a little bit. So I guess we'll see. But I, I imagine that you know, to Austin's question, like when do we when do we have that oh my gosh moment with Jelani? I think we'll probably have a couple of those this spring. Now the question is, how does that translate into the summer and beyond? But uh, he he is different and he looks different. Um, but now he has to decide if he wants to take on that that 
motto or that that approach of being like a professional football player. When you talk about the summer and beyond, Berm, what else is uh, in the pipeline there for Keenan Bailey at the position? What's the recruiting progress been like? Well, they signed two in this class, but as we talked about uh, in other episodes of of this show and others, you have Damarion Witten from Cleveland Glenville High School, who's a six foot three, 220 pound. um, I don't even know what he is. There's a very real chance that he's going to play wide receiver. Uh, He is. Uh, his nickname is Toe, and I'm not entirely sure why. If he just looks like a Toe, oh, but I, uh, I, that doesn't seem like it. Yeah, that's probably probably not it. But that's his nickname. Uh, but he's a freak. Like uh, Demarion is a he is a different type of athlete, and I, I I'm not going to be surprised if he ends up in Brian Hartline's room by the time his career is over. Almost the inverse of G Scott, uh, because he just he's just different in that way. Um, but Max LeBlanc, who will arrive in May, both these guys are are May uh, enrollees, not uh, you know January. So there's, which is probably okay because the tight end position is so developmental, it's not really going to matter for for guys like that. But Max LeBlanc is closer to the Jeremy Ruckert type of tight end, um, six foot five, two hundred twenty five pounds, very good pass catcher, extremely um, talented, like high pointing the ball, fighting through. Uh, you know, traffic to make catches, uh, but he's going to have to get bigger and learn how to block. He's originally from Canada, moved to the U.S. into Tennessee a couple of years ago, and started playing tight end down there. And um, it, he he's really good, but it, it's going to take time to get him to where he needs to be. So it's not a guy that you should be counting on this year uh, for anything. Um, but he he is a player that will elevate the room, just not this year. I was watching some Chip Kelly UCLA stuff, and he was running plays where uh, he's like pulling receivers to be lead blockers, and I was like, "That's Demarion Win." <laughs> so Demarion, that's, that's how I'm envisioning him. Yeah, freaky Ooh. athlete, that kid. You're getting ahead of things already, Bill. We haven't even seen him in a practice yet. <laughs> that's all right. I already know what he's going to do. He's going to pull on run plays and be a lead blocker. Okay. There's nobody that we can see do that mm-hmm. in the spring. Sure. Emeka Ibuka can do it if he, right. if he if they choose to expose him to those kind of plays in the spring. I think Brandon Ennis might be able to do it. Uh, that might be it. <laughs> but right. there, there are some guys. Hey, there. Yeah. Um, but I know that you guys are going to scoff at this idea, but um, we're doing the position preview, and we had wide receiver Wednesday, and this is tight end Thursday. Uh, quarterbacks are going to be Friday, but should we talk about special teams? No. I didn't think so. Me, I didn't want to either. I was just asking. <laughs> you want so your idea was we get through all of the positions, and then you wanted on the day before spring camp begins to talk about special teams. That was your thought. Yeah. No, no. I said I didn't want to. Remember when I just said I didn't want to do it? No. Oh, okay. You thought that we wanted to? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't. Uh, forcing us to not discuss it because it does seem like there's a lot of questions on special teams uh, heading into this spring, but you know what? We can just want to talk gunners. Let's talk gunners. There are no questions. I'm talking about kickers and punters, not gunners. I think that's the problem is that there's nothing but questions and we, it'd be more fun if we could do all these and actually supply some answers. And I, I don't have any on, on special teams. And every time I bring up a, Every time I bring up somebody who could be a punt return option, it just like immediately rules them out forever. I ruined Cam Martinez's career. 
Jaden Ballard, right? I mean, he in Caleb Downs. But we know that the punter is likely to be Joe McGuire, who is uh, another in the Australian pipeline, came over a year ago, and the kicker should still be Jaden Fielding, right? So no problems, no questions. We're all set. We got it. We sorted it out. And they have no special teams coordinator anymore. So, McIrary, Keenan Bailey, and Ryan Day. Trifecta. A trio. A special teams. And that is your full special teams breakdown on the podcast daily. They got a minute and a half, which was more than we had planned. Um, but, you know, Berm loves the kicking game and punting to win. So, we got into it. We also talked about the tight ends. And we have one more to go. We will get into the last but not least, but most important position on the roster on Freaky Friday. Thanks for joining us on Tight End Thursday. For Bill and Burr, I'm Austin. We'll see you then.